Welcome to the Jannie and Angie Show with January Donovan and Angela Schneiders. We have a dream to rebuild our church and restore the tender love of Christ to every human heart. We believe in women's irreplaceable role in rebuilding our church, our culture, and our domestic church. As St. Catherine of Siena reminds us, be who God meant you to be, and you will set the world on fire. It is time to rise and reclaim souls for Christ. We must deepen our formation as women and prepare ourselves to lead the new evangelization. Our vision in the Women's School is to build our church one woman's formation at a time, and only then will we set the world on fire for Christ. Hello, welcome to our show, the Janie and Andy Show, Rebuild Our Church, and I'm Angela Schneiders, and so blessed to be with my beautiful sister, Maria Spears. Um, Maria is a fellow strategist with the Women's School and is truly one of the women that I admire most and has been one of the greatest blessings of my joining the Women's School in the, the past year. And Maria and I have been having an ongoing conversation as just, just we're unpacking our stories and unpacking even my journey of dating and recently getting married and her journey um, in pursuing that, that dream of being married and having a family. And as we're unpacking some of these questions and, and how we approach dating um, in 2020, we just thought we'd share a few of, just, have, just kind of record this conversation and um, share a few of the insights that have been coming up on our own hearts. So Maria, welcome. This is gonna be the first of many conversations together and maybe you could just share a little bit of your background with our listeners. Yes, thank you so much. First of all, uh, I'm just so grateful to both you and January because you two have just been monumental in my life and I just see the hand of Our Lady um, just completely in this connection, so grateful. But I, yeah, so I, my background is, um, Gosh, there's a lot to it, but I have a band of women's ministry, so I speak and sing and travel a lot with that. I was uh, did a lot in the health and fitness industry for a long, long time, personal training, nutrition, um, holistic health. I'm a doula. Um, so there's just, a, I guess, a lot in the holistic health. And uh, I years ago, when I learned about theology of the body, it was actually something that the Lord really had shown me when I was a teenager and, and showed it to me very clearly. And when I first experienced it and started really diving into what it was, um, I remember I was a trainer at, um, at a gym. I went to Franciscan University and I remember this girl coming in and I was a freshman at the time and a personal trainer in there. And she said, okay, she said, all I want to do is be a wife and a mom. I need you to give me a good reason why I actually need to like work out or eat healthy or what, what does all that matter? And I remember internally wanting to face palm and thinking, holy cow, how have we done such a poor job educating people on the importance of it? If we're really preaching theology of the body, we recognize that we live, love, and serve out of our bodies. You know, we live our vocation and missions out of them. How have we done such a poor job of, of educating people on that? And letting people know the gravity of taking care of the whole person. And I walked away from that experience after having, you know, a good conversation with her, but thinking one day I'm going to work with people on being the whole person on all the different areas and arenas of our life. Um, and so getting introduced to the women's school and diving into that, that was really what the Lord had shown me so long ago. And um, it's just been a joy to be on this journey and just my own personal growth and continued growth and healing and, uh, and seeing where we are now with it. And it's relaunched a lot of hope uh, just for, for life. 
So, yeah. And, and Maria, you are just such an inspiration to me because again, you know, for our listeners who have not had a chance to meet you yet, it's just, it's so edifying to meet someone who is connecting those dots. I mean, you have been working the past 20 years to understand the body, 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 mind, and spirit relationship. And that to me is something that's really lacking in our church right now is understanding that our bodies are a good, good gift, that they, they are a temple, that they glorify God, that, that, you know, even pursuing our, our ultimate health and our best self is not vanity. It's giving glory to God. And these things can be integrated. Um, so just thank you for your witness and you just, um, I've, I've just learned so much from you already. And, um, and really Maria, I think what's so key right now that we want to just kind of pull back the veil on a little bit is even just your journey, um, in pursuing your vocation. Uh, and, um, you know, I'm, we're both, we're both born in 1981, which is so amazing to find a, a soul sister here at the same age. And I, um, you know, recently just got married just about uh, almost two years ago, but, you know, was in your shoes and know what it's, what it is to be, to be single, to be longing for vocation, longing for, to find your life's companion. And, you know, you and I both have dated, dated a lot yeah. and, um, you know, have, have confidence. There are so many great men out there, but also, you know, know that that's worth waiting for the right man and, and the man that, that God is preparing for you. So I just thought you, if you could just pull back the veil a little bit on, on what, what that pain point is, maybe you could help our listeners articulate that pain point that we both know so well. Oh my goodness. You know, I, it, it's funny because I, I think there's a couple different pain points on that. One of those being in the Catholic world, a lot of times we're told either, um, either you need to settle and it's settling in two different ways. One of the settling is basically resign yourself to, you know, this just is probably going to be your cross to carry, that you're not going to get married and have a family, that that's just probably the cross God has assigned to you. Um, the second settling has been this mentality of, um, of you know what, he's, he's, he's really Catholic and that's good enough, you know, or you know, maybe you're not very attracted to him, but he's this and that's good enough. Or, you know, all these different, different areas where as long as, you know, at least just one thing is good, then you're okay. And, and I, I honestly, when I look at the marriages that I really admire, um, that's not the case for them. <laughs> they didn't just say, you're good enough. You know, who wants to be, who wants to be chosen or, or you know, seven to a vocation with someone where, where it's like, well, it's good enough. I feel like that's a little bit of an insult both to the person, but also to our father, you know, that saying that actually the father doesn't really give good gifts. He, he just kind of gives you, ah, that's okay. And, and I just personally refuse to believe that one of the most beautiful, massive gifts that God gives us, which is our vocation, because that's our vehicle to heaven, that God's just going to give you, mm, it's good enough. That does not make sense to me uh, with the kind of father we have. So I think, I think those are probably the two, two deepest ones. And then the other, the other thing that comes up a lot is, is people wanting to mitigate the pain and basically say, you know, it's a lot harder being married. And they give you a whole list of this is why you shouldn't desire that. You know what? You have to give up this and this and this, or it's really hard, or gosh, I had so much more freedom when I was seeing, and, and they want to mitigate and act like, well, it's so much better on the other side, right? And, and either way, it's, it's honestly, it's kind of insulting. <laughs> um, but more than that, I think it's disrespectful to the person. You know, it's disrespectful. Um, 
because you're mitigating someone's experience of pain. And you actually, even though maybe you've been in that position, the way that, you know, Jane out there experiences it is probably gonna be a little different than me. You know, the way that Sarah experiences it is gonna be different from Jane, right? You know, all of our hearts are, are made very unique, very individual. And so I think to mitigate those, all of those areas, you know, and to, um, it becomes a little bit of an insult to, again, to the person, but also, also to the father. It, it does. And I think it even compounds the pain because what it does in, in not honoring the ache, and that's what I call it. It's such a deep ache in that longing for your life's companion and that person that you're intensely sharing life with. And that is the witness to your life. And, you know, especially, you know, for our, our Catholic ladies out there who have discerned religious life and, and know they're not called um, and do feel called to marriage. And that desire continues to grow and to expand, especially as every year passes, you know, I got married at, um, 37. Um, it, I, I think that the wound in that is the temptation that is to numb is yes. to numb yes. that ache or not acknowledge it. And I know in my own story, what happened that as I was operating around that wound that I wasn't even fully acknowledging and, and that's, it's not healthy to suppress or indulge. You know, and so we have to integrate that ache and acknowledge it. And it, it is, it is a profound suffering. Yes. And I think even articulating the pain that, yes, certainly marriage can be challenging, but marriage is glorious. You know, marriage is amazing. I, I believe that marriage gets better every year. And I'm, I'm two years into my marriage. I'm more in love with my husband, you know, today than I was on the day that I married him. Praise be to God. And I also believe, yes, religious life could be challenging, but you know, religious life is also absolutely beautiful. And I think that the, the, the challenge there is, of course, you know, when you're in a vocation, you're sacrificing things. When you're single, there's things you can do that you can't when you're married, et cetera. But the deepest wound in my own heart when I was, was longing for my vocation was that belonging. It's that permanent belonging that I belong uh, in and being fixed in, in a place in an, in a community. Yes. And otherwise there's that feeling of uh, being uprooted yeah. and vulnerable. You know, there's, there's, a, there's less resiliency, you yes. know, for single women when you're not in a, in a marriage or in a community or surrounded by immediate family, we literally are, are, we're more vulnerable and susceptible to the spiritual battle, to the emotional trials, et cetera. And so, you know, I think, and I, I think it's also important to acknowledge that, especially the longer we go along when that, when that desire is not fulfilled, it becomes so much more challenging to get to re remain open. It does. And I think that was, the point. That was, yeah, no, I think that was one of the things. So I have a band of women's ministry called his own. And that was one of our, we joke about it, but you know, we were all single when we started living together and, 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 and we joke that we, instead of getting cats, we started at a ministry. Right. And, but one of our, one of our things was so many women, the older they get, they start to become bitter, you know, and they start to close off and say, well, it's not going to happen. It's not just a cross I have to bear. And they kind of steal themselves into this grit place. Right. And when we grit and close our, we close our hands, we have fists because we're protecting ourselves. And when we do that, we've, we've, we've dropped the posture of Mary, right? We've dropped our fiat. We've dro dropped our open heart. And, and that makes us not only not receptive to men, but the, even worse, that makes us not receptive to the Lord. And, and when we're not receptive to the Lord, we can't receive him. We can't receive his gifts. We can't receive 
even friendships or family in a good way because we're 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 fostering this uh, this um, bitterness and this anger and this that's and hurt and so it be, it becomes um, kind of a self fulfilling prophecy honestly. Yeah. That's exactly right. And I know that in, in my struggle with some depression during those years, you know, what is depression? It's anger turned inwards. Yeah. And it literally cuts us off as you, you just said it so beautifully. You know, Mary was in that, that, that position, that posture of active receptivity. So in the midst of facing the cross, you know, she had her first fiat at the Annunciation, then her second fiat at the presentation when she really knew it, you know, a sword is going to pierce your heart. Yes. And we're here today on the feast of her immaculate, um, celebrating her immaculate heart. And, and yet she remained open all the way to the foot of the cross in that position of receptivity. You know, we celebrated yesterday the feast of our Lord's most sacred heart. His heart is a heart of flesh that is pure pierced. It is outside his body. It is so vulnerable. And so I think, um, you know, what we want to really speak to today, Maria, is how do we keep fostering hope as yeah. single women yeah. and keep the vision of the good, good gift that God is preparing for us when we don't see it manifesting in our life yeah. today? You know, I think that is honestly one of the biggest gifts of the women's school. Like I really see this as one of the biggest gifts that it gives single women particularly is that I think what happens is we go on, go, you know, we're continuing on. We have this desire. It doesn't happen when we think it's going to happen. And so we either, we either start to close off or we start to just doubt whether it's going to happen. Maybe we don't close off, you know, but maybe we just start to become a little bit despondent and just like, well, I guess, you know, that I just have to like accept this cross. And, and, and then we, we give up. I wouldn't even call it surrender. I would say, say we, we give up and we give up that hope. And when we give up that hope, what happens is that, first of all, there's a thought process in that, right? Like, well, it's just not going to happen. So if we don't believe something's going to happen, we have an emotion, react. we have that thought. We know that our thoughts cause an emotional reaction in our body, a feeling. Out of that feeling stems behavior, right? So we start to act differently. Out of that behavior stems a result. So really that thought becomes incarnated, you know, well, I guess I'm never going to find someone. And then, you know, gosh, I feel disappointed and hopeless. And so then I stop going out and meeting people. I stop living my life. You know, I stop um, being open to meeting people and serving and do those things that, you know, is, is a beautiful part of life to just pour out. Right. And when I do that, my hands are clenched. And when I, when my hands are clenched, I can't receive anybody. And so with this, I think diving into the, to the reality that first of all, we learn about our desires. See, that first module is all in the women's school is all about what are the dreams, desires, and goals of our heart that the word desire even comes from the Latin word to see, seed of the father of the father's heart. So starting, you know, and especially if you're someone who like you've discerned single life, you've discerned, you know, the religious life and you're like, no, I'm pretty sure that actually I'm called to marriage that you actually do. You hold on to that. You know, you hold on that. Yeah. You're, you're, um, still surrendered to the outcome. So you're, you're still in a fiat position, but you're not gritting it with your hands closed, right? So you can hold space for the tension of, okay, it hasn't happened yet, but that doesn't mean that it's not going to. And when you really believe it, I like, I'll say like today, June 20th, 2020, I've never been more certain that God has an incredible man for me that I will be meeting very soon. Um, and that I'm going to be married and have a family. Like, I've never been more certain of that than today. But I also really believe that that is a massive fruit 
of the women's school and of digging into that work of the, what are those dreams? You know, what does that look, look like? If that was in flesh, what would that look like? Because we get told what you want doesn't exist. And so I think one of the things that's been very helpful, like right now I'm leading a mastermind group of, and all, all the women in our, are single. And so one of the questions was, was brought up was, you know, how do you, um, cause we talk about like design your dream. Like, what does that look like? You know, what kind of, what kind of man is it? Is he, what kind of, um, and, and, it, and again, it's, it's not. And I think the message that at times have been given is that, well, if, if you do that, you're clinging tightly to this is what it has to look like. And if it doesn't turn out exactly, then you're disappointed. And it's like, no, you're keeping space. For the father to surprise you but if you think of those things like god doesn't sh show you gold and then give you silver right he doesn't put things in your heart be like well but you're going to be disappointed in that that's not the kind of father we have mm -hmm. and so um so i think you st by stepping into that and saying okay he hearing the stories you know because one of the girls she's like i don't even know what i would want in a man really like i've never seen it i've never dated someone like that I think I, where it's clicked. So I know for me personally, I've loved like even just talking with you, like hearing your story, sharing things that, that Bill has done for you, the way he treats you, the way that he pours into you, aspects of your guys' relationship. It's, it's helped for, for me to enflesh a little bit more like, oh, and to dream with the Lord. Like, actually, Lord, I want a man who does that. Like, wow, I want a man who loves me like that. Like, that's amazing. You know, so it helps to flesh those things out Whereas before you can cut, it can feel very intangible. And so I think hearing the stories of people who do have beautiful marriages and relationships is very helpful. Right. Absolutely. And I think, again, we know in Proverbs that without a vision, God's people perish. And so our work, especially for those ladies who are still single, who have that desire for marriage that continues to expand and maybe has not yet been fulfilled, what this really comes down to is the question of who is our father? Yeah. Is he a good, good father? Is he truly the king of kings and the Lord of lords? Am I truly his beloved daughter or not? And that's actually what's on trial. It's a trial that's testing the goodness of the father's heart. Is he truly faithful to his promises? And so even in the context, you know, I think in God's providence and bringing us together, Maria, and our friendship is... Um, you know, I was in your shoes just a couple of years ago. And in the same way that January walked with me and, and my dad, just in January, you know, my dad in January and a few other dear friends just came saying, Angela, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. That began to change how I showed up. Yes. Because the, the time, especially, um, and as my husband, Bill always says, you know, God's delays are not his denials. I love that. You know, and he never says no. The father never says no. He says Yes, not yet, or I have a better plan. That's who the father is. And he is a father who is expansive and who literally is, his dreams for us are so far beyond our own. And, and down the road, we'll, we'll unpack a little bit more of my journey because I think it's, it's not just my story to share. It's, it's, a, it's a story that reveals God's glory and his faithfulness to his promises and, and we know that praise, you know, you, you just lead praise. And one of the most important aspects of praise is it helps us remember who God is and what he has done. And so especially for our single ladies who are having that desire for marriage, who are, are just 
fighting to lean into that desire, you know, my encouragement is this is the ultimate act of faith, hope, and trust. Because faith is hoping for things that have not yet been realized. And so, especially, you know, we could tell ourselves, oh, there's no good men, or oh my gosh, my, you know, I, there's even that, you know, we talk about the scourge of abortion and a third of our, of our young people have maybe of our generation have been killed. Well, that's a depressing thought to think my future husband's been killed. Like that's going to change how I show up. That's again, our words, our thoughts become flesh. So uh, I, I think Maria, one of our key maybe encouragements for our single friends today would be study the men around you. Maybe you haven't met the one yet, but truly study your brothers, your dad, the men in your life, go on a lot of dates and really learn, here's what I love and admire. Here's what I want. Here's what I don't want. That's one of our exercises in the women's school is really doing that exercise of what I want and what I don't want. You know, studying the great marriages around you. Um, uh, looking, looking for, you know, looking for men that you admire at every different age bracket and saying, what are the qualities that I admire? And then who do I need to become? Yes. What type of woman yes. do I need to become in order to attract that man? And, and um, uh, there's a great book called The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. And I really encourage all of our listeners to pick it up, get it on Audible, study it. It's amazing. And he talks about in there that when he decided it was time for him to get married, he literally wrote out 40 pages of who he wanted his future wife to be down to like the texture of her hair. And then he put it down and he said, who do I need to become to attract a woman like that? And especially for our Catholic ladies who think, okay, I have to be actively receptive. I need to be at the well. I feel like I'm a victim because I can't go out and pursue a guy. I have to be wait to be pursued. We can almost fall into a victim mentality. Yes. When in actuality, we have our ability to choose our active receptivity is saying, okay, I can't control the men around me, right? But I can respond to God's grace in who I'm becoming every day, how I'm responding to his promptings and invitation, how I'm growing in virtue, how I'm growing my mindset, my skill set. So when God is ready, as God's preparing my husband, who just hasn't arrived yet, that's one of our scripts we're working on, right? Like, I cannot yeah. wait to meet my husband. He just hasn't arrived yet. But every day is, is a step closer to one another. So I've got to get busy getting to work, responding to God's grace and becoming the woman he's created me to be. So I am 100% ready to receive his gifts. I think a lot of times we, th we think, well, I'll, I'll do that when I'm married or I'll fix this when I'm married. It's like, no, dive in to the women that we are called to be right now uh, because this time is important. We truly, truly, like it's an invitation from the father to grow and to become the woman that he's called us to be, which ultimately that's what leads us to becoming saints, which is the goal of marriage. But we got to start now. <laughs> it has to start now. And, you know, Maria, you have just been such an encouragement to me. And I just admire you so much as you are, um, you know, for those of you who have not met Maria, and this is a podcast you might be hearing it, Maria is literally one of the most beautiful women I've ever encountered inside and out. You have so much to offer. I mean, you probably get asked once a day, why aren't you married yet? You know, and, and that also is a wound, you know, that's also hurtful. <laughs> and my question when I would ask that is, well, who, who are you cultivating? Who are you mentoring? You know, right. you know, who are you investing 
who have you introduced me to? I think there's a responsibility as a, as a community to be supporting, you know, those who are, are, are looking for the vocation, who are we investing in and raising up? Um, but Maria, just your acts of faith and hope in persevering in the midst of the ache. And it is a deep ache, you know, especially for, you know, coming out of, of, of our, of our COVID-19, um, you know, pandemic, one of the, I think, deepest pains from that has been isolation. And, you know, especially for ladies that have had to quarantine more by themselves or away from friends and family. I mean, literally just the lack of good touch and physical affection. That's a real cross. It is. And I think it, it also, it's so important for us ladies, again, to, to foster good friendships and good relationships and families. And, you know, and even if we don't have, you know, because every, everyone comes from a different background and even if they don't have it in their family, you know, fostering at least good friendships where they have an aspect of sisterhood or an aspect of, you know, maybe there's some, some families who you're close with and, and you go over and help out with the kids for a little while and you spend time with those. And I, I just think all of that is so important. It keeps the hope alive, but also shows you, oh, these are some things that I would want. Oh, this is the way that I would want a mother. You know, this is the way that I would want to have and you and you learn and you grow and, and it's just, it's beautiful. It is. It is. And that's what, that's what I see in you, Maria, that just, I just want to honor you and, um, and celebrate you because you are making such a sincere gift of yourself. And I know there's hard days and I know there's, uh, mm -hmm. days when the, the ache is more profound than others, but in the midst of that, you are, are choosing to keep rising. You're choosing to continue growing. You're making a sincere gift of yourself. You're embracing the fullness of who you are as a spiritual mother. And that is the height mm -hmm of our femininity that every day, you know, I watch you and how you feed into my own heart that you are cultivating life. You are nurturing life. You are, you are pursuing wholeness so that others are able to now lean upon you. And all of that is the fertile training ground that uh, is, is, is going to be such a beautiful gift to offer your, your husband and to your future children. Um, and so that, you know, this is not wasted time. This is, this is the training ground. And this also isn't your life on hold. There's a reason why God in his, in his beloved providence and his love for you, that you've had to wait a little bit longer. And I know my husband was 49 when we got married and uh, was living a faithful life while he was waiting for his wife that entire time. And is, you know, we could only connect the dots looking backwards, but you know, he and I both had almost a combined 90 years of being single before we got married. And, um, and yet that was such a beautiful time that when God brought us together in the fullness of time, it's for a purpose. All those life experiences, experiencing that heartache, you know, of not being with our families and, yeah. and having the depth of community, not finding until later, that all was part of God's divine providence and plan. So it, that, that, that suffering and that ache has a purpose and will be part of your, you know, our sanctification, but also our gift back to the world. God doesn't waste anything. And I think sometimes it's easy to think like, gosh, I'm just wasting my time or this or that. I mean, a lot of times there's a temptation to put your life on hold. Like, well, I don't want to make decisions on this because I haven't met someone. Blah, blah, blah. But, but I, I do really believe we're called to live fully now. Again, with our hands open, that the opposition. But we only got one life. We only have, we don't know how long our time is. You know, and I, I always think when I stand before the Father, I don't want to have wasted a single moment of that you know, every moment is a gift moment. And when I look back and I, and I 
stand before him and here's here's my hands and here's my heart and here's my life you know i i want to be able to say Lord, like you know i dove into every one of those moments for you and with you and in you and um and trusted you throughout the journey and through and throughout the process and and that also you know when i meet the man that the lord has for me also to be able to it's like, yeah, like I, I prayed for you and I've hoped for you and I've trusted you and I trust, I knew you were going to come, but I also like, I lived this time well to, to be prepared for you too, to really, so I can love you better than I would have before. And I think that's so important. Like we were made from love for love and to love. And if we don't foster that, that mentality and that heart space now, we're never going to do it in a relationship. We're never going to do it in marriage. Exactly. Exactly. And I know, you know, again, I, I just want to honor you, Maria, because, you know, it, just in the, in the, the blessing that your friendship is to me and how nourishing your friendship is to me, that it, it also just flows from your intimacy with our Lord. Yeah. And, and, and that's so pivotal because in the context of marriage, you know, our spouse can never fulfill the deepest needs and desires of our heart, that only our Lord can fulfill that space. But when that's properly ordered, then we are so free to make that gift of ourselves and receive the gift of our spouse in a way that's freedom, that is, is putting a proper expectation. And then we're able to look at our beloved as pure gift, as pure gift, which, which doesn't place this impossible expectation of you need to fulfill every desire of my heart and every ache of my heart in this vast abyss of my heart, because only the father can fulfill that. But then we become that reservoir that the father pours his love for our spouse into our heart so we can then give that overflow to our spouse. And that is such a critical lesson to learn, you know, um, as we're anticipating the arrival of our spouse. And, and I think also to know that our Lord doesn't expect us to be perfect. We were kind of eliminating that word in the woman's school, right? We don't have to be perfectly integrated and whole for our spouse to arrive, but we should be corresponding with God's grace in pursuing that integrated wholeness to the best of our ability, because two half empty love tanks don't equal a whole, two no. holes together equal a whole. And I think that's a really, really key distinction. And the more that we're allowing the father to work on us and to integrate us and to heal us and transform us body, mind, soul, and spirit, every fiber and cell of our being, we're going to have an even greater gift to bring into marriage and into our call as, as wives and mothers. Mm, I love that. That is so beautiful. Just that, even just that image, because, and it, it's funny because an image the Lord gave me years ago, I had a situation um, with someone and uh, a couple of things in life where I just felt like my heart was broken and I was sitting with the Lord and I was in adoration and he gave me this image of my heart. Just, it was cut, it was open, it was bleeding. And I was just sobbing. I was like, Lord, like I'm ruined. My heart is totally destroyed. And he was like, no, He's like, Maria, your heart is open now so that, and that light blood is actually lifeblood so that you can love more and receive more love. And so I think when, when our hearts are allowed to be open, to be broken, you know, we, we can look at it as like, oh my gosh, this is ruined when the reality is actually, that's where the Lord is opening us or allowing us to be opened. You know, the Lord never wants to bring pain to us, but he does allow us um, to, for our hearts to be broken because it, it can create space for us to truly love more and to be able to receive more love. Yes. And I, I just think, you know, your role as a holistic coach and a personal trainer, you know, one of the very fundamental principles of, of even exercise or, 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 you know, strength and toning and conditioning is you actually tear down the muscle to build muscle. You actually tear the muscle to build it. And almost like every time our heart is broken or expanded, he's stretching our heart, which then it creates more space to receive and give love. 
So all of those heartaches, if we remain open and allow him to touch there and not wall up, yeah. our opportunities for our, literally our heart to become these vast, vast homes, to be a home for all the people entrusted to us and that special beloved that our Lord is going to entrust to us. And that's something Edith Stein talks about how, you know, as women, we have space, not just in our bodies to house and to bring life to, to, to new life, you know, but even more so in our souls, we have space in our, in our very hearts and in our souls to receive people to bring forth life. You know, like our very body speaks that we're called to receive, conceive, and bear forth life. And we do that physically, but we also do that spiritually. So every person we encounter, we have the capability, you know, to really be able to pour out in a, in a generous gift of self in that moment. And it looks a little different depending where we are. Um, but keeping that space open and hopeful and just that place of fiat, I think is just massive, you know, so that we don't grit and wall up um, and shut ourselves off from the, from the gift. Right. Absolutely. So for our listeners out there, um, you know, Marie and I have been praying and talking and, and one of our dreams, um, especially because, you know, Maria is making so many acts of both hope and faith right now and leaning into God's promises and who the father is and what he's, what and who he's preparing for her. We're going to be kind of journeying together. And, um, you know, I think one of the opportunities for growth today is just how to navigate the dating scene how to navigate online dating and distance relationships and getting to know people virtually and then meeting. And so we're just going to navigate some of those nuances and some of the nitty gritty of just the how to, how to date in 2020 um, and, and what the, and just unpacking this journey together. So we hope that you'll stay tuned for future conversations. We're just raw. We're real. We're on the journey. Um, you know, I was literally in Maria's shoes, just a blink of an eye ago and, um, and, and just, you're just kind of witnessing and hearing two friends here journeying um, as I'm uh, really walking into being a new wife and a new mother. Um, and Maria is anticipating that. Um, we just want to bring you along for this journey in this adventure so that we can unpack um, a lot again of the how to. You know, we hear a lot of the, the in theory and, uh, but, but things are changing so rapidly. And I think it's important to have companions on the journey to navigate. How do we incorporate our scripts and, and, and really walk through uh, and bringing clarity to, uh, in honoring the struggle? Yes, you will definitely get to hear a lot on this journey <laughs> on all the levels, which is so exciting. Yeah, absolutely. But I think our key takeaway from today is, you know, if you could do one thing or take one thing away, A, come back and remember who, who, who Papa God is, who the Father is, and what he desires for you as, as his beloved daughter. And then secondly, start studying the men in your life. Start looking for who you admire, what you admire, what that looks like. Uh, we can learn something from every single man and each of them can be a sign that is pointing towards the man that God is preparing to you. And remember, as women, we can't change the men in our life, but we can inspire them, we can elevate them, and we can encourage them just by how we show up and who we're becoming. So Maria, thank you so much. This has been such a gift and I just, I can't wait to see this story unfold. So, um, thank you so much for this time together. I just love you and admire you and, um, to be continued. Thank you so much. Beautiful. 
Thank you for joining us today. We would love to hear from you. Please write us at info at com. We would love to hear your comments and questions. And to learn more about our work at The Woman's School, please visit our website, thewomanschool.org. Finally, we encourage you to take the wholeness quiz, which you will find on our website, thewomanschool.org. Because as St. Edith Shine taught us, as a woman becomes whole, she becomes a pillar on which others can lean to be made whole. Thank you, ladies. Until next time, let us rise and together rebuild our church.